Well, this podcast episode is with the great Johnny Nix. Now, Johnny Nix came to Richmond. He was recruited by Jack Dyer. He also then played in Jack Dyer's last season and then nearly played 100 games with the club. And after his time at Richmond, he stayed on and was on the selection committee of the Golden Era. So here is my interview with the great Johnny Nix. In 1949, that's when you came to Richmond. Did you barrack for Richmond? No, I didn't actually. I was a bit Essendon minded, to be quite truthful. Yeah. Why, why were you Essendon minded, John? Well, I, I was in a, I was in Trafalgar in Gippsland, where I went to school on that, and then I went to Yellowlawn High School. But mm. but uh, there was a man up there who used to take me down to see Essendon play. And that's how I become following on them a little bit. Yeah. But then I came, I came down in 1949 and lived in Richmond. Then I lived in Belmain Street in Richmond for some years. Oh yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and what happened was uh, Jack Dyer and Maury Fleming uh, signed me up to come down to Richmond. So that's what happened. Really, it was pretty simple. Really. Did they come up? Did they come up to where you were to come and see you? They did, they did so indeed. They came to Trafalgar uh, and saw us, saw us play up there. Oh, uh, Maury Fleming, uh, I hear, was such a wonderful person. He was so indeed. Yeah. He was, <coughs> you know, he was a wonderful person. He really was. He, he, uh, he used to run Sunday games at Richmond in 1949 for the, to get the Prince Henry's Hospital built and stuff like that, you know. He sort of uh, ran events to make money for the Prince Henry's Hospital. That went on for some years, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, but he was very, he was, for some reason, he was, uh, he was tied up with the Prince Henry's, the rebuilding of it. Something not, like that. And not only did Jack Dyer recruit you, you then played with him in, in his final year, wasn't it? That's right, in 1949, yeah. I only played four games, actually. I hurt my knee, and, uh, but, uh, but I played four. I, Jack's 300th game mm. in 1949 was my first. Yeah. Well, that would have been an occasion. It was an occasion, Brett, <laughs> it was. It was good, yeah, it was very, it was very, uh, by this time I'd, I'd become a Richmond man, lived in Richmond, worked in Richmond. I worked at Peter's Ice Cream in Richmond, actually up in Burnley Street in those days. There was a big factory up there. So what were you doing at Peter's Ice Cream, John? What were you in, what, on the, on the, just making the ice cream or on the production no, line or no, selling? No, no, was, 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 uh, uh, what's, this, what's, what do you call, what would you call adding up and doing things like, like that? Like an accountant sort of. Like an accountant sort of thing, yeah. And what, what position did you play when you came to Richmond, John? Well, I first started, I played on the half forward or half back. Yeah. And then, then in 19, 1952, I think, was the best season I ever had at Richmond. Uh, Rhett, I, uh, uh, Roy Wright won the Brownlow medal. He won the best and fairest in Richmond. And, and, uh, Billy Wilson played for Victoria. And I was third in the best and fairest at the club. And that was the best year I ever had. You know, I, I never broke any record. But that year I had a good year, 1952. Well, you did very well to get third in the best and fairest because, as you said, you've got Roy Wright up against you. <laughs> you got Billy Wilson probably as well at the time. And there was some. There was some. Look, we didn't. It was, we didn't do that well in a way. It was quite strange. Don Fraser was yeah. still there playing for Richmond. Uh, 
Colin Austin, Des Rowe, there was quite a good round of players. Jack O'Rourke in 1952 was quite a good player. That's on the That's forward right. line, Ray Poulter. There were some good players, but somehow or other we just never ever put it together. And then in 19, that was Jack Dyer's last coaching year in 52. And then Albie Panham come after that. And he coached, he coached for a few years and then, and then I was there till 1956, eight years I was there for. Mm. And, um, and then I went, went away and I went to sail. I was in the police force by this time and I went to sail and coached sail for a few years and then, uh, and then I coached Mornington and we were premier, we won two premierships of sail and one at Mornington. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, Graham Richmond was a friend from the old days of Richmond. He played in the thirds when I was there, and uh, and then he would have played in the first. Only he broke down with some his knees went on him. Yeah. He never played again. I don't think. No, you're right. Yeah. Don't think he ever played again. But uh, he was quite a rugged player in the thirds, and the thirds weren't a bad side, neither like as far as thirds went. In those days, the thirds played before the main game. And the seconds played away on that day, you know. And then later, yep. then later, of course, later years, the reserves played for some years before the main games. That's right, they did too. Yeah, and it went on like that. Look, in 1964, Red, you probably you aren't, you've got all this information, I think. In 19 Six, in 1964, yeah. yes, it would have been about 64, uh, Graham Richmond and Ray Dunn uh, took the club or, or lobbied and that, and they got, they got the MCG to share with Melbourne. And Melbourne and Richmond shared the MCG for the next 25 years or so yeah. before Collingwood wanted to get in there a bit. But oh, 30 years, perhaps, they... Richmond and, and Melbourne shared that ground uh, together, That's and right. it was quite a—it was a successful era, wasn't it? Well, it was a smart decision by Ray Dunn, wasn't it? Yeah, Ray Dunn, Ray Dunn played a big part. The both of them, I think, the both of them worked together. But Ray Dunn, I think, was the lobbyist. You know, he had he had the contacts and that sort of thing. But it was a good. It was certainly a good move. And and, and when you were talking about sort of your time after Richmond, don't also forget you you. You were the reserves coach for a while too, weren't you? I went in in Tommy's year. Hmm. In in, if I might say so, uh, the Ray Dunn, Ray Dunn, uh, Graham Richmond getting to the MCG was a big project, and it was great. And it stayed that way for many, many, many years. But the other thing that was great was the changeover between Glenn Smith and Tommy Hafey. Right. And I was there at the time, and look, it was a great changeover. They were both fine men, and 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 I never ever got tired of listening to them talking. You know, that like discussions and things. You know, yeah. and and uh, and some of the things that were said still sit in my memory a bit. Some of the discussions we used to have on I was on the selection committee with them at the same time. That was before Len died. Right. And anyhow, but they, they were, it was very, very good. And to think that 
that Tommy was that first year they would have been in the finals only for a draw and game against North Melbourne, yeah. and the next year they ended up on top of the ladder and were premiers <laughs> in 1967. So that was that was uh, it took over in '66 right. two years. Yes. And they were premiers. So that was remarkable, wasn't it, don't you think? And, and right. so Len Smith must have obviously laid a lot of the groundwork? Len Smith had them on the way, I believe, but, yeah. but, but not, not entirely. And no one's ever to say whether Len would have coached the premiership side. No one will ever know. Yeah. But, but Tommy Hafey, it was a great changeover. Yeah. Tommy Hafey... Tommy Hafey had brought to Richmond for the first time for many, many, many years. I can't really say how, but he he brought that physical fitness in where he was fit himself. You know, we had coach, Richmond had coaches there like, uh, well, say, go Jack when he was retired too, and then Des Rowe and that. Like, they were, they, they never trained like Tommy Hafey, you know. No. There was no nothing physical about about uh, the training methods. They could. They never ran like Tommy Hafey worked with the players, you know. That no. going to Portsea and up those sand dunes and everything like that. There was a different thing that came to Richmond. It was different altogether. But but he 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 never changed from uh, Len Smith series. Two men together and lines bypass and all this stuff. Tommy Hafey stuck with all that strictly, you know, and, and, and capitalised on it. And I think, I yeah. think the two of them, the two of them were just great, you know. Yeah. I remember, I remember once early in the stage, I remember, uh, Tommy and someone said to Lent, made the statement, you know, you get, the players are getting tired of listening to that same thing all the time. Uh, kicking, kicking over the heads of the, the players that were only about 20 metres away, and then they had the long hand pass instead of a instead of a short kick. The reason for the long hand pass was that the player who got had to play on straight away, had no choice, and the ball was down there in a flash. That was the reason for the long hand pass. That's mm -hmm. why he had Bull Richardson there, and then later Michael Bowden, because they had. Michael Bowden had a glorious left hand, hit the ball long yeah. distances. Well, Polly Farmer was the same, of course. But anyhow, they, he never, but I remember once someone saying, whether it was Jack Tide or someone saying, oh, look, I think the players are getting sick of that all the time, you know. I remember, I remember the answer from Lynn without, wasn't critical. And he said, oh, well, look, yeah, well, you can, you can, change it if you want to, but remember the day you don't say it, they won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the day they, you don't say it, they won't do it. The day, the day you don't tell them the long hand pass and kick long, kick over the lines and play on and all that. The day you don't tell them, well, like you, as long as you know, they won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember the when, when you were a reserves coach, you had such a successful year in 1966. What happened in 1966 for the reserves? Do you remember? Uh, the, the 66, they sort of went through undefeated. They did. They did not lose a game. They did, and also uh, they were premiers. Yeah, they were premiers at the end of the end of the season too. Only by I think not. Uh, uh, was it five points? I think we beat Collingwood by five points. It was a late uh, late Royce Hart goal. It was so indeed. It was so indeed. Did you end up watching? Did you stay after that and watch the 1966 Grand Final between oh, St. St Kilda and Collingwood? 
think I'd, between... Yeah, I did so indeed. Wow. I did so indeed because, uh, yes, I did so. And um, it was... Uh, yeah, I did so. Yeah. When Alan Morrow and Bill Stevenson, they came to St Kilda from Sale, a side-eye coast in Sale, right. when I was up there, when I left Richmond and went up there coaching. Right. Uh, Alan Morrow and Bill Stevenson played for Sale, and then they came to St Kilda. Alan Morrow was a fine player, wasn't he? Oh, you yeah. didn't see anything of him, did you? No, but I've heard from from many players. Of in that. that in that grand final, in that grand final, he he had to play in two finals. He had to play Collingwood beat them in the second semi final, then they had to play Essendon, and and uh, and he was he was fantastic in all those finals because. Uh, this the other ruckman had got reported in the last home and home game and was put out for four weeks. Oh. So there was Morrow standing, you know, and he was just fantastic. I had Gabalish and and uh, the other big fellow at Collingwood. Uh, they were they they had big men, you know, and, yeah. and uh, he rucked. Had to go rucked against him twice. And Essendon had a big ruckman too named Samson and Mackenzie that they had to go back and play on in the second week. Yet Morrow waded through the whole lot of it. You know that was his last year. He went and coached Dandenong after that. Oh. So that's been yeah, That's one of the reason. One of the reasons, of course, I was interested in St Kilda was because of him. You know? of we still, we still, we're still friends. We go, oh. we meet down here at Black Rock every now and again. Neil Roberts yeah. and uh, well, they live around here. Neil yeah. Roberts and Alan Morrow. Yeah. And a boy named Brian Muir, that yeah. played with St Kilda too. We meet down here and uh, have coffee every now and again. Yeah. You, you said before about the selection committee that you were on. Was it was it difficult to be on the selection committee? But we we had so many great players in our teams in the sixties. Was it was it easy to select a side, or were, was it actually a bit difficult? No, I I they were a good body of men actually, yeah. like. In that early stage, there was a chap named Bob Dickinson was the chairman. He was a committee man. Right. And there was uh, uh, Len Smith, Jack Titus, Tommy Avey, and John Nix. And then, then later, yep. later, Alan Cook took over as chairman of the selectors. So he was so. another committee man. Alan Cook played for Richmond. Yes, I, I, I spoke to him before he passed, actually, about, about his memories. Yeah. Yeah, he was a fine man. Alan Cook, and he was a good chairman. No, they were very good. Look, everyone had a bit of an opinion. Yep. But, but everyone, the coach sometimes had something in his mind, and, and then he, then because of listening to the discussions, he might have changed his opinion, but, but if, if it, whatever he wanted, he got. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever the coach wanted, everyone, there was, there was no one there who, who said, oh, look, if we got beaten or something, no one ever said anything like, oh, look, if you had to play what I wanted, it would have been all right. Nothing like that ever yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. They were just fine men. In fact, I think Jack Titus was nearly one of the, one of the most honest men I ever knew, Red. Really? He was, well, I never ever, I, he never told lies. <laughs> Yeah. And he he was a hotelier. That's right. But he was a fine man, Jack Titus, and he was just honest. I remember once. I remember. I remember when at the end of 1966, uh, Fred Swift took over as captain in 1967, and 
and then they were looking for a vice captain. And he had, I remember, I remember that when we were only five of us selecting the vice captain, and I remember Jack Tyler saying, "Look," he said, "I want to speak with Dallas." He said, "Because, because I feel there's been some lobbying for this, for the, for the." for the vice captaincy at this club. Right. And so they, Bob Dickinson said, oh, I will have a secret ballot. So I gave out the secret ballots and uh, gave out the bit of paper. We all wrote a name on it. And it came out that Paddy Ganane got five votes to be vice captain. <laughs> Len Smith said to Jack Tyler, who the bloody hell did you vote for? He said, oh, I voted for Paddy. He said, but I think there was a bit of lobbying along the way, and I didn't want that to play any part. Well, it never played any part because Paddy got five votes. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate. That's how he was, Jack Tyler. He, he, he thought, really, I think he thought Graham and, and Graham and Paddy were good friends. Right. And I think he thought that Graham had been around oh, yeah. having a chat to people, the selectors, and wanting to vote Paddy, you know. But that's what happened, anyhow. How many, how, many, how many days a week did the committee meet, the selection committee? Tuesdays and Thursdays, that was all. Okay. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And actually, if there wasn't any injuries much, Tuesday nearly picked the side, you know, most, most weeks, you know. You, you, you're yeah. such a lucky person because you played from the late 40s. You were on the selection committee right through, I think, until around about 1980. Yeah, I was off and on a couple of times. Yeah. So you... I, was there with, I was there with Francis and there with Tony Jewell. Yeah. But... Uh, but uh, all in all, yeah. all in all, the great, the great memories of those yeah. early ones from the 1966, 7, 8, 9 sort of thing, yeah. they, they were great. We, were, we had some great players, didn't we, really? I was going to ask, you, in your mind, John, did you have one or two players who you thought were just absolute superstars? And were, were there one or two players who you thought never maybe got the, the credit that they deserved from people about how well, good they were? Rhett, I'll tell you something. Well, this is just... Uh, are you making notes of this? Anyhow, it's good if you are. Yes, if, I am. In, 19, in 1967, when they were premiers, they ended on top of the ladder and it was a great grand final. Have you seen a replay of that oh, grand final? That last quarter is amazing. It is so yeah, wonderful. And, and Kevin walking out backwards in the forward pocket with a crowd of people everywhere yeah. and kicking a goal, yeah. that, that really sort of plays a part in winning the game. Do you remember that, that, that yeah. incident? Dad, Dad calls it his best goal ever. Oh, well, I thought it was just... I thought that... that, that I certainly took a deep breath when that happened. Yeah. I thought we got, got a real chance of hanging on there. And uh, that then also there was... the pl players who I thought were just... That playing on and, and bypassing lines. Do you understand what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes, yes. And that business, that we had a player on the half-back line, Jeff String. Oh, yes, yeah. And, oh, hell, he was a good footballer. Yeah. He really was. What does Kevin think about? He, thought he, was a, he thought he was a tremendous player. He was a champion. Yeah. He was a champion. He was a genuine champion. And he used to, you know, like, <laughs> I'd put him on Jezelenko with when they'd play Carlton or when we'd play St Kilda, yeah. you'd pick up Daryl Baldock, you know. Oh, like, can't any, can't remember any of that. Like, at Geelong, I know John, John Sharrock, I think John Sharrock kicked four goals in the last quarter of that, in, not in the last quarter, in that game, that 
premiership side. Yeah. But he was on string. Oh, health string played a great game, mm. and so did Sharrick. You've got to give Sharrick four goals. But but oh, gee, he played. You wouldn't think of moving him off Sharrick. No one else could do what he was doing. You know, running down the ground. In fact, the uh, the the last the, towards the end when Swift marked in the square and he kicked right out was Strang who marked the ball and got going you know, grand down, running down the ground you know yep. and uh, he was he was a great player and of course the Strang family had a great history I know they did didn't they yeah Gordon Strang Gordon they picked that all the Doug. side of the century Gordon Strang was centre half back and there were some great stories told about that man you know. Yeah. So, Jack, Jack Dyer remained friends with that family all their lives, you know. They both died pretty young, Gordon and... And do you know, Gordon... Uh, uh, both of them got killed, didn't they? Uh, yes, Gordon and Doug, I think, died not long after each other. I think. Yeah, uh, I think. Did one die in a car accident, or a one was walking home and got run over it. by a car? Yeah, I think. Yeah. And the other one fell off a roof. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. and unfortunately, we lost Jeff a couple of years ago too. Jeff Strang. That's right. Um, that's right. And on the other half back flank was Graham Bergen, and he was as tough as goat's knees. Was Bergen. he really? Oh, he was a good player. In tough as goat's knees. I love that. That's a good phrase. In 1969, he played. Uh, he played. Uh, in 1969, he played centre half back, and he was he was only six foot one or something, you know. But he played centre half back and played a great series in the finals and beat a lot of good players. We came from fourth in '69 to be premiers. Yeah. From fourth position, yeah. that was a and he, he was fantastic in that year. And, and who do you think, John? Um, just finally, who do you think were some of the great champions of of the club that you saw? Well, is it is it difficult to to? No, no it's not. Oh right, no, it, it's not really at all. It's not in really at all. Yeah. Now, look, there was some great players in my era, and I mentioned them earlier. Don Fraser and those, they were good players. But as we know it now, like Don Fraser was a great player. And can I use an expression? Don't, just be careful, don't, don't. But he was a pest because he, he, he was such a good player that he'd get reported and be out for four weeks and he'd come back and play and he wouldn't have trained or anything because it took another four weeks. Do you understand? Yeah, so it, yeah, I see. It was like Roy's heart missing eight games. Yeah. And and that, that's the way it was. So so like Don Fraser was a great player. Yeah. But uh, like when they were picking the team of the century, sort of thing, he was he wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, selected. There was Gordon Strang, who was a great player and never got reported. You know. Yeah. But Don Fraser was a great player, but kept missing games and things that's like right. that. Mm-hmm. And then and then, uh, but there were some Which good players. At, in the, at that time, Bill Wilson and Roy Wright were two champions, really. And Bill Morris was a great player, too. But you know all this history. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Billy Wilson. Because, yes. um, by all accounts, he was really quite something as a player. He, he was. And yet, and yet, yet, yet we had Kevin Bartlett and, and Dale Waitman. We had other champions come later, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Too, and uh, but Billy Wilson was a very good player at the, in that in those days. You know, yeah. 
But I still go back to what I say. I think Kevin Bartlett, irrespective of Francis Burke, who's a great player, but but Kevin Bartlett and Royce Hart were the two that 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 if they had the ball, you'd you'd be sitting on the edge of your seat watching the game in the last quarter. But when they got the ball, you'd sit back <laughs> virtually. Like that's. That's sort of making an explanation that, that if you want it in the hands of someone in tight games, it was those two that you'd want to be to be in the ball, to be in their hands, you know. Yeah. Oh. And Royce Hart come on one day. What year was that? That was nineteen. That was nineteen seventy three. Oh yeah, the final. When he came on against Collingwood in the final at half time. You know? that, that was a good selection move there, John. Well, I don't know about that. No, I, I don't know about that. But but he came on at half time and and they bounced the ball and he kicked the goal straight away. The ball was whisked down there. Yeah. But quite frank, I think what happened that day they bounced the ball and Wayne Walsh got tackles late and he got a free kick. But he played on, kicked the ball down, and, and uh, Royce got and kicked the goal all within about a minute of the start of that half to half time. Yeah. Well. You, you sort of felt we're not going to lose this game, you know. Yeah. It was just something, and people, people just thought, "Bloody hell, Roy's heart!" You know, here he goes, and, uh, yeah. and particularly if you were the opposition. Yeah. Um, well, just, just, just finally, John, you had such a great career, career with Richmond. You must be so proud of what you contributed to the club. Yes, but I didn't. I didn't. Yes, I, I wouldn't say that I subscribed much. I, I the uh, uh, oh, I, I was sort of ended up Richmond through and through from when I left there, and then came back again later. It was it was uh, it was pure pleasure to be associated with them when I came back. You know, it was some years we had great success. Yeah. And, well, uh, well, we, well, we we we. I mean, right through right through those. See, there was yes. Yes, well, they won five premierships, what, in 12 years sort of thing. Yeah, that's know? right. Well, I think, I think Richmond supporters um, should, should give you a round of applause for, for everything that you did for the club as a player and also on, on the selection committee as oh. well, and the reserves, let's not forget, as coach. So you did a tremendous job, John. But they were, they were, they were good, and they were good. By the way, <coughs> by the way, you could go through them you know, Roger Dean, Fred Swift, yep. and uh, and Michael Green. Michael Green in 69 was outstanding, you know. Mm. Every now and again, there's a big man who has springs in his legs, and he had it at that time. The same as Carl Dittrich had that in his legs when he first started. They could jump very high. Michael Green was all over John Nichols in 69 in those games that he played in finals. Um, he was head and shoulders above him, and he he, uh, he really had a couple of years when he had real. And he was a great, he was a great finals player, wasn't he, Greeny? Oh yes, absolutely. Finals was like as if he, if Brisbane were winning well, you might as well have pulled Michael Green off, I reckon. Yeah. But 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 if it was if it was tough going. He was he was at his best, you know. Yeah. In finals, he was magnificent. In finals, yeah. And the one we lost, we lost in 1972 because he took a year off to do studies and That's do right. law and something. He did too, didn't he? And then he came back. And we lost it. And then he came back the next year and we won it and then won two in a row. But he was a great finals player, yeah. great finals player. But they were good people. Barry Richardson, Paddy Ganane, they, they were. They were 
They were all fine people, weren't John. you? couldn't fault them, you know. No, you and and I think they've all, all stayed friends. I know, I, I, I felt at, at one stage, uh, Kevin, your dad, and, and Michael Green were particularly good friends. I don't know whether Kevin was just making sure he had to trim or not. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, they still are very good friends too. I, I would imagine they are. Yeah. They, were, they were good friends, I know. Yeah. They appeared to be good friends at the football club, yeah. uh, always. And it was always Kevin making a joke of Greeny. Yeah. I should, I should let you go, John. I, I think I've, I've taken up far too much of your, t- your time. No, thanks, Red. I'd love to meet you one time too. I, I know you so well. Yes. And uh, but I just, I, we've never sat down and had no. a chat. Well, we yeah. might, we might see each other at a, at a, at a maybe another a Richmond function soon or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I suspect. Yes, thanks, Red. Okay. But no, I don't think I've got anything else to add, really. But the the the, the, uh, the Graham Richmond raid done getting them to Melbourne in those early years was a great yeah. was a great thing. And then the coming together of Tommy Hafey and Len Smith, they were both fine men. And to think that Tommy coached the Premiership side one year after one year after he got there, sort of thing, you know, which was which was really a great accomplishment, wasn't it? Yep. No, you 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 summed it up very well. Absolutely. And I think that, it, that I don't know if Len, Len might have got them previous too, but that changeover was a magnificent changeover from a young man to an old man sort of thing. Yeah. With an old man with a lot of wisdom and then a young man who was so enthusiastic. Yeah. Anyhow, well, thanks, Rhett. It was great to have a chat with you anyhow. I will, I'll tell Kevin you said hello as well. And, um, and please tell, tell Kevin that... Uh, that he should feel very grateful that I've linked him as the best player I've ever seen at Richmond <laughs> with Royce Hart. I will pass it on. <laughs>